Welcome back to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast. I am your host, Casey Coleman. Joining me on this week's episode is Bridget Bacon. Bridget currently works as a producer for Von Wagner Sports and Entertainment. I uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Bridget. She had a lot of great insight uh, just about her journey as well as just different advice for those of us looking to get into sports or advance in sports. The biggest thing I took away is something she said, which was every experience, good or bad, is a learning one. We have the opportunity to learn from every experience. Whether we interview for a job and we get the job or we don't get the job, there's a learning opportunity there. Whatever we're trying to do, whatever wherever we're trying to go, every experience is a chance for us to learn, whether we succeed or whether we fail. So I think that was great insight from Bridget. I really enjoyed my conversation with Bridget. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Bridget Bacon. Folks, please help me welcome in this week's guest, Bridget Bacon. Bridget is currently a producer for Von Wagner Sports and Entertainment. Bridget, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking some time to jump on and chat with me just about your experience and the like. Uh, and we will jump right into your journey. I'm super excited to to hear your journey. Uh, let's start with how and when did you first fall in love with sports and when did you first know that you wanted to work in sports as a career? Yeah, um, you know, I grew up playing sports. Uh, I competitively danced for about 19 years and played softball for about half of that. So it's kind of always been in my blood to enjoy being around them. Um, but I think like most of us, we didn't even know that working in sports was even an option. I think we t attend a lot of games as fans and it's hard to you know, also acknowledge what that takes to put on a sporting event. So um, as soon as I knew that that was a career path, I was instantly interested. Very cool. Uh, you got your Bachelor's of Arts degree in 2014 from Long Beach State, majoring in recreation with a minor in event planning management. Uh, you also worked in event management at Walter Pyramid, uh, which is the indoor sports facility at Long Beach State. Uh, what were these early years in education like for you? Yeah. Um, so funny enough, my first major was actually accounting. Um, <laughs> that didn't last very long. My mom was a, a tax accountant and, um, you know, I've always been really interested in numbers and uh, she politely advised against it and I should have listened to her from the beginning. Um, so I found out on my own pretty quickly on that that wasn't for me. Um, I had switched over to recreation for the event planning minor. Uh, I wanted to go into some sort of event planning. I was, you know, interested in just seeing spaces created in different ways. Um, didn't really know what that was really going to take me to, but in the recreation major, they require you to do a thousand hours of field work. So when I was talking to one of my professors in the department, she was saying how, you know, interning at the pyramid might be right up my alley to be around sports again. And that's kind of how I ended up doing that my senior year of college, which was great because it it really did solidify that, yeah, working in sports is definitely what I wanted to do, being around Long Beach State Athletics and all different capacities. Very cool. You continue your time at Long Beach State uh, in 2016, get your master's in sports management from Long Beach State. Uh, during that time, you also hold positions with the Rose Bowl Stadium, USA Volleyball, Special Olympics World Games, and Legends. 
Uh, why was it important for you to continue your education in sports management? And what were some of your biggest takeaways during this time? Yeah, while I was at the Pyramid, some of the other people I interned with were currently in the program. So I didn't know about it very much until talking to them. And it sounded like a good idea for me to continue trying different things in sports. Um, that's why a lot of my resume, it's different capacities as far as different parts of what a sport organization holds or um, just, you know, whether it's a professional team, more philanthropic, all of all across the board. So I just wanted to try to kind of find what fit best for me. And so during my time in the program, I just tried a little bit of everything. Yeah, very cool. Uh, in September of 2015 as well, you started working with the LA Kings, working with game presentation. Uh, what was your time like with the Kings? And was this when you first started to realize you wanted to be in presentation and production for events? Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up as a big Kings fan. I grew up in Glendale, California. So not too far from downtown LA and going to a lot of games as I was growing up. Um, so when I first applied, uh, my position title was an operations assistant and it was under the game presentation department. Um, and so was stage managing and more production side of things for the organization. And that was kind of what opened my eyes to that. I didn't know that that really existed. Um, so after doing the position for operations for a season, I had kind of reached out to my boss and said that I was interested in learning how to stage manage and just seeing that side of it. And that really, you know, got me inspired to kind of go down the production path. Very cool. Uh, also in 2016, you started your time, uh, sorry, in February of 2016, you started your time with the Dodgers first working in premium services and ended working with Dodger vision. What was your favorite memory working with the Dodgers and what was the biggest thing you learned? Yeah. So I started in premium services kind of as a foot in the door again, you know, getting to see a different side of the organization. But while I was there, I really took advantage of making connections, um, reaching out to the man in charge over at Dodger vision, which is Tom Darren. Um, and he was nice enough to let me come in and shadow a couple times on my off days, uh, you know, come into games for free, um, and not paid and just getting to kind of see what Dodger vision was all about. And then was fortunate enough to be brought onto their crew for the next three years. Um, as far as memories, I mean, I can't complain. I got to watch back-to-back -back world series, uh, in 2017 and 18 and, working really awesome events like the World Baseball Classic, uh, philanthropic ones like Kershaw's Ping Pong Challenge. But a biggest, my biggest memory as far as like one moment that really stood out to me was probably game two of the 2017 World Series, just getting to be down on the field. The national anthem just finished and we had just won game one and we're at home and just watching the entire crowd with their rally towels and that place was just absolutely rocking. And it was just a moment that looking around, I was like, yeah, this is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was an amazing experience uh, to be a part of uh, sticking on the philanthropic thread for a second. Uh, in in 2016 as well, you spent some time with the LA Clippers in their community relations department. What intrigued you most about wanting to work in this philanthropic environment? Yeah, so I've always been about giving back and volunteering where I can. Um, in undergrad, I was in a sorority at Long Beach State, and I was, you know, always volunteering whenever I could and taking time to, you know, do a beach cleanup. Or um, we had our organization, Girls on the Run, that we supported. So uh, that was a big part for me to just see, again, 
during grad school and wanted to take advantage of different opportunities and seeing what a community relations department really functioned like and really like dive into that. So, um, and, you know, MBA, another organization being in professional basketball, that was one thing I hadn't done yet. So it was pretty cool to try that out for a little bit. Yeah. In 2017, uh, you come back to the production side, you start working for Starway Productions uh, with multiple sports teams, including the Ontario Reign. Uh, and at the time they were called the Aqua Caliente Clippers. How would you describe your time with Starway Productions and what was one takeaway you have from your time working there? Yeah, Starway was awesome. It was nice to be, I want to say, in a little less stressful of an environment, being around, you know, the AHL and D-League teams. Um, being out there just kind of gave me an opportunity to learn some new skills because it was a little bit of less pressure. So spending more time in the control room and familiarizing myself with different positions and what it all takes to put on the production side um, versus, you know, sometimes when I'm working in in other places like the Kings or the Dodgers, you get a little bit more honed into what you're really good at. Yeah. In 2018, uh, you began your current role as producer for Von Wagner. How did this opportunity come about and what intrigued you most about your current position? Yeah. So at the Dodgers, um, a lot of people that work there, I mean, the sports world is so small. A lot of, uh, members when they freelance, they, they work at a lot of different stadiums. And so I had kind of reached out to some people at Dodgers and, you know, said that I was interested in taking on more work and kind of expanding, you know, where I was working. And they had told me about Van Wagner to begin with. Um, originally it was a, a USC football game that they needed a certain position for that I could do. And so they had put me in contact with someone who I still currently work with today um, and had a pretty long conversation with him and ended up not working out. Um, they didn't need me for that game after all, but, you know, I reached back out maybe six months later and, uh, he remembered having that pretty long conversation with me and said that they needed someone for UCLA football that fall. And so that kind of worked out. I filled that role and then a few months after that, they had a position open up for producing uh, at UCLA Gymnastics. And I didn't have a whole lot of experience producing, but they were willing to teach me. So, of course, I jumped right in and was really interested. And um, shortly after that, too, a full-time position with them opened up and they reached out to me. And and then the rest is history. And I've been here for four years now. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Just that idea of networking. I know we'll jump into the to networking and your thoughts on that in, in a few questions. But, you know, you, you had that conversation with that individual, obviously, at the time. Uh, there, there wasn't an opportunity, but then later on that individual remembered your conversation, uh, and you were able to, to connect and, and there was able to be an opportunity for you. So I think mm-hmm. just networking and having those conversations, uh, worked out for you. Uh, in la- final question, you've worked in, in the journey part, final question. Uh, you have worked approximately 13 years so far in, in the sports management field to what or to whom do you credit your longevity in the sports world? Yeah, you know, it's hard to to really owe it to one person or place, right? Because every experience, good or bad, is a learning one. Um, and obviously, I've been a part of some incredible places. Uh, like I mentioned, the Kings was really my first eye-opener to the production side. But I, I want to say that really my time at Dodger Vision is what what really got me solidified like mentally that like this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Um 
I was lucky enough that not only to be brought onto that crew, but for them to show me all these other different parts of a control room, giving me the opportunity to learn the different positions. And it just kind of, it brought in my experience and just, I was in a little bit of a slump, I want to say working in sports and it definitely brought that fire back working there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, sticking on that for a second, but switching to the advice uh, section portion of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you've worked 13 years in sports. Uh, what advice knowing what you know now and have experienced all that you have so far would 2023 Bridget give 20, uh, 10 Bridget starting her undergrad <laughs> to run away from accounting as fast as possible. <laughs> um, should have listened to my mom from the beginning on that one. Um, I've always been a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So Maybe I didn't believe it as much back then as I do now. So probably just reassuring 2010 me that, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and a learning experience and it's all going to work out for the right reasons. Awesome advice. I love it. Uh, Sticking on the advice thing again, what advice would you give to someone trying to enter the sports world or trying to advance in the sports world? My biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid to ask questions because the worst someone can say is no. And in that case, you're just back where you started. You don't really lose anything. And so many of my opportunities came from asking those questions. If I had never, you know, made the connections in some of the organizations, if I had never followed through asking, Hey, like if you have a position open next season, I'd love to join your team. All these things that if I didn't take that initiative, these wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Even, you know, in our class last night, our guest speaker was talking about always being curious. Uh, And I think that lines up with what you said, just always wanting to ask questions, always wanting to learn. Uh, You've hit on that a few times so far in our conversation that that was you just, just ready to learn and ready to grow and, and jump in where you needed to. Absolutely. Uh, Did you have any mentors along your journey that you leaned on when you needed to, and how did they help you along the way? I still have some, um, whether they were previous bosses or friends in the industry. Um, they're people that I really look up to, uh, and they have, you know, like it's, it says something about having someone you can relate to that can offer great advice because they've either been there or they haven't, and they're there to help you problem solve. But having those relationships are so invaluable, and everyone should have someone. Agree 100%. Uh, this is my favorite question to ask every guest because every guest has a, a similar answer. Uh, we've all had people that we've leaned on, uh, not just professionally, but obviously in life as well. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in hopes that we pay that forward and and at some point have people that, that seek us out and, and want our help as well. So I think just paying it forward. Uh, jumping back into the networking, we hit on it a second ago with how you got your position uh, at Von Wagner. Uh, What advice would you have for others when it comes to the idea of networking? You know, it's always important to reach out, right, and to follow up. But what a lot of people still don't do, I think, is follow through. Um, You know, if someone's going to set aside the time for you, you don't take that for granted. They're showing you that they care and they want to help you. So help yourself by making it happen. Love it. Short, sweet, to the point. But that's big. Uh what is the key to maintaining a good work-life balance? How do you not get overwhelmed with your career, but still have time for family and friends and things that you enjoy doing outside of work? 
I am infamous <laughs> for work-life balance. Um, you know, and it's funny, a lot of times people are like, how do you do it? And I'll joke around and say, I don't sleep. And, you know, sometimes that's the the truth, but it's so important, you know, because at the end of the day, especially working in sports, we don't work normal hours and no one's going to find the time for you. So you definitely have to find the time to make it happen. Um, I know that this isn't a new feature, but, you know, even something as simple as do not disturb. Like I've started doing that when I go to the gym and I'll do that on my own time before my work day even starts. But just things like that where I'm, you know, if I'm taking this hour for me, I need to make sure I'm not looking at my watch and notifications. If it's a work email or even just a text message from a friend. Um, it's just really important to find what to you, like what makes you happy and make it happen. Another good point. Uh, yeah, the do not disturb thing I think is huge. I've started to implement that as well uh, in my own life. Just, yeah, setting aside those times, not being uh, distracted by those things, but just mm-hmm. having your me time, whether that's like you said for you in the gym, whether that's you spending time with with friends or family or at the beach or whatever, but just being fully present in those moments and not being distracted. Exactly. Uh, switching to our final set of questions. Uh, what is the most heartwarming sports moment you've witnessed? Maybe something we as the casual fan would never see on TV, but you had a chance to witness or experience. Yeah, I have two cause I couldn't really pick one. And one of them being with the Kings, um, you know, we would do this, this thing called bench captain and it would normally be a younger kid that we would take out onto the, the player's bench while they're warming up. Um, so two parts of that, like sometimes when the kids would still just be backstage in the hallway and just watching the players come up and interact with them was just so cute and so fun to just see that side of professional athletes as well. Um, you know, not when they're always so serious out on the, on the ice. Um, and they would do the same thing a lot of times too, that they would take time out of their warm up on the ice when we already be out on the bench. And they would come over, say hi, give the kid a puck, just things that, you know, are really making memories for that child that may not seem like a big deal to them. But being that kind of third party bystander watching the whole thing unfold is pretty awesome. And the other would probably have to be my time working at the Special Olympics World Games. And if I had a second to, you know, really go to some of the venues on site at USC and watch these races, but just watching the athletes and really just watching their families, like having people be celebrated, whether that's in sports or just anything in life, like watching people be happy for one another, right. And support each other. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah. Did you have the opportunity to work with Bill Schumar during your time of the world games? Um, I did a little bit, but because he was more Southern California based, he kind of popped around the different venues a bit and I was only stationed at USC. Okay. Got it. Bill's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you could have dinner with any three people that are alive, who would it be? So I know for this question, some people are probably saying, you know, someone famous or maybe like a family member. Um, to be honest, I love having dinner with my family. Um, we actually started a tradition when I started with Van Wagner because I do travel quite a bit that the moment I get home from a work trip, we always do a family dinner and we all live about like 15 minutes away from each other. So it's not too bad, but you know, we're excited to see each other. I'm obviously too tired to cook for myself at this point. And usually nothing's in my fridge when I get home from a trip anyway. So it's, it's nice that, you know, they'll come pick me up from the airport and we pretty much immediately meet at someone's house to, to see each other and do that. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that plays back into the work-life balance thing as well, mm-hmm. like you talked about. Uh, just being exactly. intentional. You know, you, you have a set-aside time. You know that, you know, hey, when I go away, when I come back, the first thing I'm doing is that. And it's it's non-negotiable for you. And it's, you know, something that's life-giving, I'm sure. And like you said, you're tired and don't want to cook. And <laughs> spending time with those people that you care about. And, yeah, you know, every other person has picked different celebrities. But the fact that you're just like, hey, these are my fam. This is the people that I want to be with. Yeah, uh, I think it's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, if you could have one song play every time you walked into a room, uh, what would you choose and why? Uh, so what's Bridget's walk-up song? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I had walk-up songs at one point from playing softball, but um, it's hard to pick one song. For me, it just has to be something upbeat and fun because when I walk into the control room on game day, that's that's kind of like the morale of our, our workspace. Like everyone knows when, you know, you're working an event with me and we're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun because what else are we doing? Like we work such long hours at, you know, stadiums and we spend a lot of time with one another that we have to have those positive attitudes. Um, so I would say, you know, along artist lines, big Pitbull fan, um, you know, anything that kind of just gets you just moving and relaxed and having a good time. Great answer. Keep keep the the energy high. Keep your mm-hmm. team team spirits up. I think that's great. Uh, final question: If you could go back in time and be in person for one specific sporting event, what would it be and why? I think for me, seeing the inaugural Rose Bowl game, um, I've spent so much time at that stadium between you know interning there, working for Legends there, and then now you know doing UCLA football and. I've worked a couple of Rose Bowl games that I think seeing that space in, you know, it was a horseshoe originally. It wasn't even like the full circle um, of the stadium. So just seeing it transform to what it is today, I think the uh, the Rose Bowl, they just put together this entire uh, room that does the whole history of the game and the stadium. And it's it's pretty awesome. But to see that live would have been pretty cool. Yeah, great answer as well. Uh, I did work this past uh, Rose Bowl game as an intern with the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation. Uh, So didn't get to be there for that uh, and see that and feel that. And obviously working with with Deedon and and Dana and some of the other guests I've had on my previously on the podcast. uh, It it was a great experience. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Bridget, thanks so much for taking a few minutes uh, to chat with me, to share your journey, to share uh, some insight. I really appreciate you taking some time to share and just, yeah, to allow me to learn a little about a little bit about your journey and hopefully the, the listeners take, take some things away from, from your insight as well. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me and I love what you're doing. I think that, you know, a lot of people don't know what working in sports is like and being in a stadium environment. So this is a great eye opener, I think for a lot of people. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Have a great one, and we'll be in touch. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast. Remember, you can find our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, including Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and many more. You can also keep up with the Suits in the Stadium podcast on all social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Give us a follow and please share with others who you think may be interested in our podcast. We release new episodes every Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.